Hello, podcast listeners. So we're sitting down here for episode 51, and I'm with Jacob Hodson again from New Strength for our second episode together. If you missed the first one, go back and check it out. We talk about Jacob's story, how he got into his business. In this episode, we dive a little bit deeper into how Jacob cultivated his incredible work ethic. And we also talk about the concept of finding balance or creating balance alongside your business. So whether that's in relationships or with other hobbies that you might have as well. So some really interesting stuff that is hyper relevant for anyone who is running a business or who's doing their own thing because of course we have this unique set of challenges or stresses and opportunities as well but definitely some takeaways here for you hope you enjoy it if you do please feel free to share it to a friend or subscribe those are the two most helpful things you can do this is john marsh you're listening to the access potential podcast All right, I'm here again with Jacob at New Strength, and we're going to get stuck into a second episode. So there's been one previously with Jacob, and we talked a lot about his story, so go back and check that out. But I'm excited to sit down again and get stuck into a little bit deeper on mindset, on some of the cool stuff that he's doing here at New Strength. Uh, We're here at uh, New Strength on location, so if you're watching this, uh, Sunday morning, 8 o'clock, we kicked off. And nice and quiet, no dogs today, which is kind of cool. Jacob, man, how's everything going? Thanks for having me in here today. Yeah, thanks. Uh, this is pretty special. I feel like, a, is it only me and Ash now that have been on two episodes as a guest? Yeah. Yep. yeah. That's like an exclusive club. Like, Ash is a weapon, so it feels pretty special you're to be in there with him. Uh, yeah, you're in good company. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but, yeah, I'm excited to do it. and Everything's going good at the moment. We've just... Uh, been doing a lot of trauma and stuff, been doing a lot of work the last month and yeah, it's exciting times. One of the things I want to get stuck straight into, uh, I work with a lot of people who are either in business or there's also a group who are thinking about starting business and you know, these might be one-off conversations or people, you know, come to me and they've got an idea, something they're thinking about creating and Earlier this year, when we had the uh, APA event, you won what's called the Do the Work Award. Uh, basically, because of the way that you literally would show up and just do whatever it was that needed to be done. And at the same time, you're always seemingly super positive. Now, can you give us like a little bit of context? Um, where, you know, last episode we talked a bit about your story, but where do you think this, you know, this work capacity came from what are your thoughts on it is it something that you've developed something that you cultivated i know nate's been away and you've literally been just like head down non-stop and here face to face plus all the content you're doing basically running the gym um where's that coming from how is it how have you developed this to be so immense yeah i guess like looking back on it it's probably something that started that i just just felt that that's, I started doing things and when I got a result from it, it was like, okay, well, if I do more, then it's probably going to get more of a result. Like even going back to school, I was one of the people that like every afternoon I did my homework and it was just that there was, I didn't have strict parents, but they definitely showed me the way and then let me, let me go and do that. And then it was a matter of if I did the work, I got good marks. And at the time it was like, well, that's an important thing. And then I went into 
I got started training. When I got started training, it was like, well, if you don't do anything, you don't really get very far. But I wanted to be better at footy. And then I knew that if I'd applied myself in the training, then I got better. Like, and that started off with all I did, used to do was running and push-ups uh, and a few sneaky curls. But I think everyone does sneaky curls when they're a yeah. young kid expecting that this curls are going to get you better at everything. Uh, but I think that was the starting point for, for a lot of it was that I started doing something and I could see progress as I went. So I think there was a block that was about 5Ks that I used to run from my house. Uh, and the first time I did it, it took me like forever. But, and then I think I got it down to pretty close to 20 minutes at one point. And as I was, like, I was playing front row at the time in footy. Uh, I was a pretty early bloomer in terms of growing bigger. And like I tried to pride myself on I was, I was going to be as fit as the, the smaller, fitter guys. So... I always just just tried to actively do things and I waited to see, I guess, when there was progress, I knew that that was something that it was like, okay, the work paid off. Mm. And I think those little habits of the work paying off and then just moving on to it was like, okay, well, how do I take on this next challenge? It's going to take work. Mm. Uh, and I think those little little moments of that accumulated over time are what builds up to then you being like, okay, well, how do I get this next challenge done? Just put your head down and go for it. Obviously, that doesn't come without having a solid plan. Like, I think that's the thing that I've got better at in the training side of things as I've went is having a better plan rather than just doing it a bit haywire and just like, I'll just do some running and some push-ups and hopefully it works out to doing more targeted training for whatever that goal might be for me right now in Strongman or for, for the clients that we have right here in their goals. But it's definitely like you can't get away without doing the work. Yeah, it's interesting because two things popped up. One is I happen to have written a blog about this similar topic, I think yesterday. And it was talking about, I was just talking about the uh, observation that often it feels like it makes sense to do a lot of strategy, a lot of planning prior to getting stuck into the work because, you know, the whole sharpen the axe and get a plan and that sort of thing. Um, But a lot of times, you know, it's that, getting out of your own way and actually just doing it is sometimes the only way we find out whether or not the thing's going to work. Cause we don't really necessarily know until it's been actioned. How do you balance? I guess that, you know, because on that side of the spectrum, you've got this bias for action, um, kind of prototype thinking, implementing straight away, like, Oh, we'll try this. Yep. Done. Okay. Go, go, go and see how it works versus um i guess the research side the the you know bring in more experts find out more about it before you execute on it where do you sort of see like how do you sort of balance that or is it just kind of intuition at this point well that's uh that's funny because i'm actually the second one like yeah right brain wise like that's where i'm at like yeah. that most of the time it's like oh if i learn if i learn how to do it better and if i don't like if i just get all the ducks in a row first and then go for it then it'd be all better. Yeah. But cause it feels that when you watch from the outside, it feels like you go hard quickly on the action side. Yeah. Like, you know and, I mean? that, and that's a, that's the thing though, is like, I've had to really change the way that I think about that because that's how my brain wants to go. As I, I think, uh, I, I was saying to this Jess the other day, it's like, I feel like I, if I wasn't in this space and it was like the, just the way that my brain wants to think I'd, I'd be in like engineering or something like that, where it's like very much, like having to have all this planning and structure and yeah. creating all the, all that sort of stuff. I think that's the space that my head would be at if I wasn't doing the cool stuff that I'm doing now. But that's very much like the battle that I constantly face in a lot of ways. It's like, oh, if we 
tweak how we do our podcast before we actually do the next episode, then it'll be better and we'll get more result off it. But if you just put out an episode now, you're going to get a result off it, which is better than the most ideal result that you're going to wait six months for. Mm. Uh, so I think it's something that I've probably got a lot better at in the last 12 months, 24 months, like probably since opening the gym or the process of opening the gym, I think there was a big turning point for me around that time. It was like, there has to be way more action, way less thinking. Yeah. 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 And I I think even when I first started with, uh, with the guys at Alchemy and we spoke about the, uh, when I met those guys on on the first episode, I think, but I think the first few months I was very much of like, well, I didn't have a gym at the time. I didn't have all these things set up. Like I didn't have a website. I didn't have the, the chance to do Facebook ads or anything like that because I didn't have all these other things set up. So I was like, oh, I'm just going to learn how to do it. I'm just going to plan it out. The thing that we, on Facebook ads is it changes so quickly that by the time you actually learn how to do it, you got to learn how to do it again. Mm. Uh, so a lot of those things, like I spent more time doing planning and less time taking action. And then over the time of the next few months when we actually did start to get things rolling and it was like, here's what you need to do today to move forward. Otherwise, you can't do tomorrow's job then it was like, okay, now it's about just taking action. And then every now and then you're going to have to reassess or you're going to do something wrong. But you, you took action and you figured that out versus if I waited it out, I probably still had to make that lesson three months down the track when I was waiting for it. Mm. When was the point where you said, okay, hold on a second. I'm able to, to work because there's two parts really. Like I'm able to work harder or more quickly or more consistently than a lot of people. And this allows me to get the stuff happening quickly, which is a good thing. Um, when, and then, you know, when you flipped into say strongman training, you did deployed the same thing, really. It's like, there's a plan, but also a lot of work there. And then that's all success too. And that is seeing success. So when was the point where we went like, well, this is actually, this is, um, I've cultivated an edge here or has that come? Like, do you recognize that you have, that that bias for action, that ability to show up and do the work is like a strength is a, is a bit of an edge. Yeah. Like I definitely identify it as that now, but it wasn't like a thinking that I'm going to have that edge. Yeah. And then as like, then it's there. Like I was probably more so of a matter of going and meeting with other uh, business owners or other guys in training and that sort of stuff. And then realizing that they didn't do things the exact same way or that like there was more, uh, they, they weren't getting away with doing as much workload as what we were like at, at that time. I think it was one of the, one of the first meetups with alchemy and, and Nathan and I are very similar in this way of, it's just like, you just knuckle down and do the work when you mm. need to, and then figure it out, like figure out your recovery strategy later uh, sometimes. But I think we, it was probably the cruisiest days for us in a, in a few months when we went down for one of these uh, get togethers. And because we just had to turn up, we didn't have all the coaching hours and that sort of thing, but there was times where we were coaching eight hours plus and then doing three or four hours on the computer, trying to set up stuff on the website and the marketing and all, and then still trying to train as well. Saturdays were just 5.30 a.m. We'd start here and then we left when we left at 7.30, 8pm. Um, we'd try to duck out and get something to eat in that time. Sometimes it just went to, you'd get to two o'clock before you got to eat any food. Mm. Uh, but when we went down there and there was guys that were like, oh, I don't know how I can like do all this marketing stuff with my coaching. It's like, oh, like you guys doing full like eight hour days of coaching as well. And like, oh no, I coach like 10 hours a week. Mm. And I was like, what are you guys doing in the rest of your time? Yeah. Uh, and I think that's those points there was what started to go, oh, this is like, I don't think the same as everyone else. Yeah. Uh, and that's not like those guys 
a lot of those guys had more staff management and stuff like that than we had like at that time it was just me and Nath. Yeah. Uh, but it was like, okay, well, this is something here that we can always lean on when we need to. And like, I don't like having to do it all the time. Like there's, uh, but as just, as we said before, Nate's just been away on honeymoon and it was me, me and one of our staff members for uh, one of those weeks. And then we had another one of our staff members back from uni placement in that time. And I was like, well, there's only one way out of this is just work. Mm. Uh, there's not much, uh, not much you can do. We weren't going to block off time where nobody can come to the gym because uh, we don't have the staff members for us. Like, all right, like this is my place and uh, my job when it's, when it gets to this is just knuckle down and do it. Yeah. I like where this is going because I think this is something that's continually popping up and there's some sort of a, I, I think there's a little bit of a misconception sometimes, you know, in the culture, Oh, I want to, you know, break off, do my own business, start my own, gym or be a whatever i mean you're a personal trainer in a space you're running your own business effectively i want to do my own thing uh not knowing what that looks like and then the the amount of work that actually is involved behind the scenes is so much greater than what might be perceived or, or what might be expected that it can be a little bit of a shock and i think it can go two ways one can go into um frustration or um avoidance or or backing away and then the other can be like almost embracing it and the interesting thing that i see is for a lot of the people who are really embracing it who kind of love it almost in a weird sort of way they're, they're happy there's a happy like break that down for me is there you know i don't know how deep you want to go here but like, do you do you do you find yourself um like spiraling downwards at times and having to come back out or you or is that turnaround pretty quick like talk us through i guess talk us through the mindset side of it do you deal with burnout like or is this a pretty are you kind of embracing this the not the grind but like yeah. the work yeah there's definitely like there's a bit of both in in a lot of ways and like going back to the start of where you said when people are starting the business like i worked for five years for a personal training company that's uh that's in newcastle and there was definitely times where I was like, my bosses aren't doing that much sort of stuff. They don't work this, that many hours on the floor and this and that. And then like going into, I was like, oh, I, know, I know they do this job, this job and this job. And that can't take that much time. And off the back end of that, now I know that there was probably a lot more work than they, that they were doing that I, than I actually recognized that they were doing, uh, which is the huge little turning point of where you're like, you, you, you don't realize the things that you don't, you don't actually do. You just see what you see other people doing. Uh, so there's definitely a lot of that there that a lot of people don't, uh, pick up on. And it's part of the process of, if you do take the step out, like you think you're going to know what you're going to be doing and all those other jobs that are involved, but chances are you don't know what, what they are. So it's, it's all part of that learning experience once you jump into it. But yeah, you're definitely going to float the line of burnout. Um, I know, I think it was, what point were, I think it was about 12 months into when we started here that we hired our first, uh, trainer and, I think we had in the first couple of weeks, like we wanted to make a, a pretty smooth transition because for so long it had only been Nathan and myself and we wanted to show our clients that it was like, okay, we're bringing this new person in, into the tribe here and she's going to be helping out a lot, but we're not just like, she's here now and we're out like sleeping in every, uh, every morning. So the first three weeks, I think it was, we slowly transitioned to like 
uh, having two coaches on the floor in those group sessions when Annalise was going to start taking them. And then uh, she would be the assistant the first week. The second week, she would be taking the lead. The third week, I was just there just if she needed me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fourth week, I got sick. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and it was, it's funny how it's like that was a week where she was going to be taking it by herself and uh, I didn't actually need to be there. And funnily enough, it was just as soon as, as soon as my body was like, okay, you don't need to have as many hours as you have. Like you, you can have a little bit, little bit of leeway. Thing. I was like bedridden for a couple of days. Mm. So it was quite funny how that worked out. Just the timing wise was, I guess, perfect in a lot of ways. Uh, and then sometimes I think it's just my body was like, it was, it was ready to break, but it was just fighting on just as much as it could. And then all of a sudden at the back end of that, it was like, all right, you, you need a break now, man. You need to take some time. So yeah, I often wonder about that. Same thing happens to me. Like I won't get, I can't really remember the last sort of cold or sickness. But then I'm like, well, that's because you kind of couldn't have because if you didn't, so like no one else is yeah. going to step in there sometimes. I mean, it depends how you set your thing up. But So so go on to, um, you know, sometimes people have asked me like, well, what do you do, you know? And, and in years gone past, there's been periods where I've gotten, you know, down on certain things, that kind of stuff. Um but people might ask, when, what do you do when you feel burnout or when, you know, you know, you get things get dark or like you get frustrated, all of these things. Um, and I'd love to hear your answer on that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Cool. And I if, it, probably, if it even no, happens, it definitely happens all the time. Like, uh, it's pretty common that like I'll, uh, even in the last couple of weeks, cause we have been busy here and I get home overnight and just like, you okay? What's going on? I'm just, like, I'm just tired. Like, yeah. It's okay. Like, there's no problem here. Yeah. Uh, and I'm one of the, there's obviously a big problem with mental health and that sort of thing uh, going around in the world right now. And I, I'm one of the people like, I know what it feels like to be depressed, but I've never had depression or anything like that. So like, yeah. but I, I think there's definitely times when you are pushing it that you're going to start to get to the point where you feel like something's wrong. But I know that I always bounce back out of that too. Do you find that that comes in that period of high? Because this is the thing I'm interested in a little bit. Like for me, it's almost as the work goes up, if it's in line with kind of the purpose or the place that I want to be going, it's like almost tend to feel better and better in a weird sort of inverted way. Um, Do you find that those feelings will come up in those times of heavy workload? Is the fatigue what you think? brings it up for you um sometimes it's sometimes it is sometimes it comes afterwards yeah like so it's like a come down sort of thing yeah and sometimes it's like when when you get to those points it's not when i'm working that i have the problem that's why when i stop working and i've got i get to have i finish at night at 7 30 or whatever and i get home and then i'm tanked yeah like but it's like while i'm at work it doesn't come up at all mm. it's kind of like the uh i don't uh, did you play like footy or anything like that growing up? Or? Soccer. Soccer. Yeah. Like when you're playing a game, you don't hear much from the outside around you. And like in, in footy, it's like you don't, you don't, you get a niggle and you don't feel like you bang your shoulder up unless it gets to a point where it's like super overpowering. You don't feel it. Mm. And then you get off the field, you're like, oh, this doesn't feel right anymore. Mm. Uh, I think the same thing happens within your headspace within like workload. It's like when you're, when you're in the zone and you're on the floor, it's like you don't feel anything. Like mm. you don't you kind of don't have enough time either. Like your brain's too busy processing everything that's going on around you. Or if you're like in the zone preparing something on, on the computers for whether it's marketing, whether it's programming, all that sort of stuff that's involved, you don't really feel it when you're doing that. It's kind of the in between when you're not doing it, that it starts to come up. 
So I feel like for me, when it's like higher workload stuff, it's either like afterwards when I've actually come down for the day and the body's like, oh, you used a lot of energy today, man. Uh, or it's kind of comes up off the back end of, of it in kind of like the deload if we want to use training terms. And that's something that I'm, I guess I've probably got used to it because of how my training approach is. Yeah. Like I know that the way that I feel coming into the back end of training, I, I used to have uh, pretty much on four week training cycles that have worked out as like week one, I feel great. Week two, I feel great. Week three around Thursday, things start to feel like shitty and banged up. And then week four was a deload. And I felt normally on deload week, I always felt a little bit flat. Yeah. Like, uh, and I was like, oh, this isn't working. I'm meant to be feeling better this week. But it was like come Monday the next week when the new cycle starts and I'd feel great again. Uh, so once I'd done that two or three times, I was like, oh, this is just how it works. Like um, we had one of our one of our coaches, Annalise, and we spoke about, about her before. She had to go through a pretty heavy training cycle coming into uh, the strongman contest that we had last weekend that we went up to. And she actually had to cut about four kilos on the week of the comp to make weight. And she got up to like, I think three days out, four days out. And she was like, I'm sick. Like I'm like runny nose, a little bit blocked up. And she's like a little bit of a headache. It's like, you just have like workload. Like you've just pushed the envelope here. It'll come good. Uh, and surely enough, by the time the comp came around, she was still a little bit blocked up, but pretty good. And she ended up performing on the day and took out the uh, divi- her weight division and got through all of that. But, and then the next day she was like completely fine. Nose wasn't blocked anymore or anything like that. And it was just part of the process. And if you've seen it enough times, there's no worries. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's the, that's the problem when people experience it the first time is they haven't seen it before. And if they don't have somebody to guide them through that, then it becomes a trouble. And when you're running your own business, a lot of the time you don't have somebody guiding you through that unless you have friends that are running businesses or you've got a business partner that's been in that sort of space before. Mm. Uh, I think it's, or you have a group like we've got in APA and like I know there's been guys that have, had little not meltdowns, but a, but have posted they're a little bit stressed, they're a little oh, bit frustrated, yeah, yeah. and then the other, some of the other guys jump in. It's like, hey, dude, it's all good. Just follow the process. Like, just trust that you're going to get there. And then a couple of days later, they're like, ah, oh, I feel great again. Like everything's good. I'm going to take on the world now. Yeah. And yeah, that's like very much. It's like it's the company that you keep that helps you uh, get through that. If you haven't been there yourself before, yeah. Once you've been there yourself, you kind of just can roll with the punches because you know what's coming. Yeah. Yeah, a few things come to mind there. One on the on the training front, I remember clearly like the same thing would happen in endurance to me. I remember heavy like you'd have these taper weeks, the two maybe ten days to two weeks out from the race, and you know five days out from the race, you just feel like you're just stuck in quicksand, mentally, physically, and then um, like magic. Yeah. You come race day, you're eating, you're not getting any better. All of a sudden, like you wake up 24 hours and you're like feel like you can take on the world. Uh, but then the other thing that pops up is, I think you mentioned it there, you know, where other people in APA, for example, uh, would bring up. So, so if you're listening basically in like the Slack group or on the group calls, um, we'll share how we're feeling, what's going on, like what, what's your mood, what's been happening. And sometimes people will share that things have been heavy or they've been stuck or there's, you know, just frustrated or whatever. There's a whole spectrum of mental, emotional responses. And I think that this is a worth it. It's cool that you brought it up that with, when you're running your own business project, whatever, as soon as you're trying to create something yourself, there's this unique set of challenges that seems to pop up that can get really serious in terms of how they felt at the time. 
a week later, two weeks later, you're flying along again, but they can stop you right in your tracks. Um, whether that's a heavy mood, depression, anxiety, whatever pops up for the individual at that time. I'm interested what's your process, if any, you know, to regenerate that fire. Do you just wait? Like you just lie on the couch and wait it out or you keep working? Like what's your process to, I guess, pull yourself through or out of that or move move through? Because you, you kind of have to. You've got a business that's running. Yeah, I, I've got a couple of it. Like it very much depends on where it is on the point of like the project that I'm working on. Uh, if in the case of the other week when, when Nath was away and I was doing some like close to two people's jobs in that time, it was just a matter of like, this will end here. So it doesn't matter how I feel, like just show up, make sure the clients like, and the, the good thing with our business is it's relationship focused. So if I come in like, and all the clients knew that Nath was away and they're like, Oh, you must be tanked. How are you feeling? And it's like, Oh yeah, I'm okay for that. Like where, where I'm at right now, it's like, yeah, I'm a little bit tanked, but it's okay. Yeah. Uh, and you give, give your all in that time for them. But if you're in something where you don't know the people that you're around or you have to make cold calls on sales and you flat, it's probably going to impact you a lot more. But because we have that relationship and rapport, people are okay if like, if I'm not the over the top and not that I'm super over the top anyway, uh, but if I'm not really out there and uh, amped up for training people on those days, they're, they're okay with it because they know what's going on and we have transparency. We don't try to pretend that everything's okay all the time. And I, I know that that was like a, a thing within the fitness industry to start off with is like, Oh, you've always got to be up because you're the top person. Like you're, you're like the highlight of those, that person's day. And it makes sense when you're starting out with somebody, but once mm. you have a relationship with them, they don't want to see fake you. Mm. Either. They want to see, they see like, right through. Yeah. yeah they're right. going to see right through it. They know, they know who you are. They know what you normally like. And if you're trying to pretend to be in that way, they're not going to like, they're just going to hit you up and just like, do what's going on. Mm. Like, uh, if you've got that sort of relationship with your clients, like you're going to do that to them and they're going to do that to you. So that's normal. Uh, so those sort of cases like, all right, well, yeah, things are busy right now. I'm a little bit flat, but I'll be fine. And like nutrition and that sort of stuff is always a big thing as well. Like I know if my f food drops away from what I've been needing to, and most of it's like not having enough calories, mm. uh, which then follows it up with a lot of like overconsumption and binging. But if it's going in that direction, like I normally start to feel flatter quicker yeah, uh, and it probably hangs around for longer versus if I have my food dialed, not necessarily like not to a crazy point, but if I have it looking at, I'm getting enough protein, I'm getting enough carbs and like, cause I don't drop away from training in those busy times either. Like if I've got contests coming up, like that's more important than just dropping training back to accommodate the fact that I'm busy. So you just have to eat and sleep and do all those the other things right. So hold on, you won't you if you're that busy, you won't also add the additional load of dropping weight. Is that what you mean? Or yeah, like if I really need to, I will. But most of the time, I still just get it done. I, yeah. I just let it take longer if I need it to take longer. Yeah, like somewhat that's a release for for me as well as like just getting to train and hang out and uh, do do that sort of stuff and. Like it's not always going to feel good in those days. Oh, okay, but you so you to, keep training. Yeah, I keep training. You just keep alone. things as normal yeah. and then just kind of like try to micromanage it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I keep that up just because like I enjoy that sort of stuff. And like why would I take away part of the, the fun things of my day yeah. to accommodate the fact that I'm working a lot? It's like sometimes you feel like you have to cut it back because it's like, oh, I'm just so busy right now. But then all of a sudden it just spirals worse. Yeah. Um, like one of the things that I always end up dropping away that I never want to is – uh, reading or like, uh, educating myself on more things. And 
that's the one that I do let slide a little bit. And that seems to be like, I'll let that go before I let training go. Because I think when, when I haven't trained in a while, I start to be a uh, miserable person. Mm. Uh, so yeah, it's like, it's knowing how to manage that in those ways. Like I'm, I still keep my little staples in my day as much as I can. And I, I try to fix up those pieces of like, I know you're, you're big on the breathing stuff. And like, I've never been able to like, commit the time to doing that is like, yeah. I think when I've done it most of the time I fall asleep. So, yeah. uh, which is probably just showing how tired I am most of the time. But, uh, yeah. then, but that stuff for me is the training side of stuff. That's mm-hmm. the getting under a heavy bar where nothing else matters. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think that's, that's important to note. I mean, this thing where like, uh, in the energy generation, we call it the breathing. It's like attention to the breathing, but it's like, it's like finding the thing that you love. That's that version for you. So your breathing, for example, could be your training. It could be for me lately, this has been a similar thing. Like the, the days have been so packed that for me, it's been walking Luna, the dog in the park and then just spending 30 minutes, like just kind of walking, but that's blended the walk and that's like my breathing time or whatever. Yeah. It's just whatever it is for you. And some people it could be like the you know, having a tea with their mom or whatever that kind of space is, you know? Yeah. Um, so last question on this, when you come home, cause you're in a client facing or people facing business. So how you, even though there's transparency and they can understand the load and you're authentic in that and, and clear on how it's actually feeling, you still need to show up. Like you still need to show up at 6 a.m. or 5.30, whatever it is, and have the interaction. And it yeah. can't be just one-sided. You can't just be like a lamppost. Um, so when you come home, talk to us quickly about, is there a, a different, like how does that feel? How do, you, how do you separate that? And do you find it challenging to, uh, I guess when you come home and it's with Jess and you're, you're trying to then also be present there, how does that look for you? Is it, um, an extension of that same thing or do you have a process to kind of separate the two or how do you bring your presence to the home as well after you say, go and done like, you know, 10 hours of people facing work during the day? Um, yeah, talk us through that a little bit. Cause I think that's kind yeah. of cool. But the fortunate thing for me is Jess is super understanding and like, and from being in a coaching position as well, she knows what it's like to be super flat out busy. And, and because she's been with me through this whole journey, she's seen how a lot of it goes that, uh, she lets, lets me do whatever I need to in those sort of cases to recover. Like sometimes, sometimes I can be still, all right, cool. I'm at home. I just need like 10 minutes just to like, uh, just debrief from everything and then, and then I'll be fine. Yeah. And then some nights it's like, I'm not doing much tonight. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. But, um, and that's, I think that's a big thing in like having, having a good solid relationship is like, if you understand where the other person's coming from and where they're at, it's okay. Uh, yeah. like I try to make sure that it's, you couldn't, you couldn't be like that 24 seven and yeah. just do it. Like, like, Oh, like I, sorry, but we're not talking tonight. Uh, I don't think it ever gets to that sort of point, but sometimes it's just like, Oh, let's just put something mindless on TV and then just let my brain recover a little bit. And yeah. sometimes it's like that. Other times it's like, okay, well let's just get dinner out of the way. Uh, yeah. and that's 
I do actually enjoy cooking. I'm terrible at cleaning and hate cleaning, but uh, getting that sort of thing going and then we just chat while, while we make dinner. And when that's sort of done, sometimes that's enough of a uh, just transition away from what what I've been doing on the day-to-day that that sort of just kicks me into a different gear. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think it's cool. I think it's important to talk about too because I think sometimes the people who are closest to us in our lives can get like the bit of the scraps. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, uh, actually you still got to show up in this way too, even if there's space to rest and recover. It's like, it's kind of like there's this leadership piece that you're trying to bring in to the business. And then also you need to self lead or show up in the relationships, whether it's your mom or your friend or yeah. whatever. It's like, um, it's kind of that as above, so below sort of thing. Yeah. And, and it's got to be, uh, like counterbalance as well. Yeah. Like if I'm going to take, two weeks to be busy and flat out and all, all business and no family time. It's like, then I'm going to have to balance it out alongside that. And we try to do like Jess and I, a lot of the time when it gets to that is like, we'll have go and have coffee together as my little break for the morning. So then that way we still get some time together before the day gets full on. Mm. Uh, or then afterwards, like today our plan is because we've still been busy. It's like after, after this is we're just going to hang out and have our own time together with nothing else. Uh, that related to it. So stick away from having to do too much work stuff until like I'll knuckle down and do a few hours tonight on stuff that needs to happen for the weeks leading up. But apart from that, then like we do dedicate separate time for it uh, yeah. to make sure that we still have relationship time and do things for us. Uh, obviously there's only a limitation of that now that our little baby is going to be on the way in a few months time that we want to make sure that we do still get some time together before mm. it becomes that there's another workload at home. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's this thing too, you know, depth versus breadth. And I think that, you know, you have, when you're running a business, there's going to be a lot of time that's dedicated to that. It just is like whether, you know, with, even if you have a bunch of staff, you're going to be managing culture and team and you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, for sure. So, you know, when you come home or when you're with the family or with your friends or whatever, and just from a selfish level, this is kind of why I like podcasts. People, I don't talk, talk about that much, but it's like you don't often get to just sit with someone for an hour or yeah. 40 minutes, or whatever, but you get a depth that you can't get, um, you know, texting or while you're doing 10 different things at once. Um, it sounds like you're creating or compartmentalizing these specific times, which although it might not be like 10 hours a day together, it's like you're able to experience each other's presence and really like really spend some nice time um, in those little, you know, maybe it's coffee, maybe it's just something yeah. short. Um, is there anything that jumps out from that or, you know, oh, is that so intentional? Like, that's, that's it. That's how it works. Like yeah. there's not a, I don't think it's anything that we like intentionally try to do in that way. It's just, that's how, yeah. like, that's how you have to make it happen in that, in that sort of situation. You can't just sort of, expect that you're going to have mindless time together and it's just not like just in, token time it's yeah it's not just sitting there like on uh, on your iphones next to each other on the lounge like it's yeah. uh you you can't make that work yeah uh so yeah it's definitely it's time that you give focus and presence to and that's that's it and then you go back to the rest of your day as you need to uh but yeah i think that's a huge thing i think you've got to have that depth there and that that intentional uh, time for relationships and, and I, th- I think it goes the same, whatever it is that you still love doing that's alongside the business and the passion is like, you still have to have that time in whether it's the training, whether it's in relationships. Yeah. Uh, that's just part, part of it. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about, uh, 
content quickly and creating and you know if we rewind 12 months or something ago you know well in this period anyway you started to really ramp up say podcasts content creation and the reason i bring this up is kind of an extension of this conversation around work output because a lot of times we could be talking content we could be talking um, programming we could be talking any part of the business but you were already busy and then you added a bunch of output or a bunch of creating a bunch of um, stuff you're doing these cool podcasts and the blogs you wrote right in the daily blogs for out too a lot of times people uh, will come back to me in the conversation around something like this say content for example and there will be things like you know i got to find the time to do my two posts a week or i got to um, I'm not sure there'll be a, there'll be a reason. I can't because reason. And I'm interested for you, someone who was already busy to then someone who was, you know, now you're doing at least podcasts a week, but you're bringing the members into it. You bring, you're connecting laterally, all of this cool stuff. Um, is there something you can say to the people on the other side of that, who are maybe looking at this as something new as something a little bit more daunting. They're trying to get their head around something like this that you've learned from your experience in terms of what you feel now? Yeah, like there's definitely like, I still get reasons why like a certain podcast can't go up or like the other day, for example, like the the hosting platform that we use only lets me upload a certain amount of uh, megabytes in a month. And I'd hit that in the first couple of weeks of the month. And I was like, oh, I've got all these other podcasts banked up and I can't get them out. And like, I think, that, that was in the middle of the hectic week when we nothing was going right and I had the comp coming up and I was like, oh, I'll just leave this week. And afterwards, I was like, I should have just like, all I had to do was click a different button and pay him another couple of dollars and it was, was fine. Was that Pinecast? Uh, no, with Libsyn. Uh, uh, yeah, I did so. that the other day. I have to keep um, up, upgrading the account all the time. Yeah. But then when it backs off, you can downgrade the account too. Yeah, yeah. So like it all balances out. Like I think when I actually, I ended up doing it this week to put out the episode because it was still going to need to go out. And I paid two dollars. <laughs> like my excuse to not do anything was paying two dollars. Like yeah. it's alert. Like if, if there's a bullshit excuse ever, yeah. Like I won't pay two dollars to do this so I can upload the podcast. That that was uh, one of those moments. It was like when we talk about like all these reasons why you don't do the work, and then when you actually take the action on it, you can look back and you're like oh, that was pretty dumb. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was definitely one of those points for me of like going, oh, I should have just done this beforehand it wasn't that big a deal it wasn't nearly as big in my head uh or nearly as big in reality as it was in my head at that point uh but yeah i think for me like i grew up in like the strength and conditioning space of like looking at guys like zach evanesh and joe defranco and these guys that were like training professional athletes in the nfl but were still making time to put out youtube clips and uh doing blogs every week and that sort of stuff and it was always that was the thing that attracted me into the love of it was the way that they portrayed their message in that side of stuff and they, they were still always putting focus to that so i'd always wanted to be putting out content uh but i also wanted to earn my stripes for it as well i didn't want to like get my fitness certs and like start writing all these articles on things that i had no personal experience on mm-hmm. so i went into this space of like i don't think i put out anything until i had been training people for four years mm-hmm. like before i wrote my first blog uh and then over time it was like okay well now we just start putting out more and more and then, then it became a time factor. Like the, I think uh, 
we we kind of spoken about a few times between myself and you. I don't know whether we got it in the first episode, but the busier you are, you get in the business, the more it takes on the outside of the business to keep it growing mm. uh, further. But then also you've got more time in the business there. So it's like both of them are getting bigger and bigger and all this time has to come up out of somewhere. And that's where people end up, I guess, not sleeping or like uh, hiring staff is the actual way to do it um, mm. properly. But then I was kind of getting to the point where it's was like, oh, well, how do I put out content that's repeatedly like we're going to get the message across that we need without it taking up more and more of my time. And that's where the podcast actually came in. It hit more than just one, one piece. Like if I was, I used to, I really enjoyed writing blogs, but it was just really time consuming and the uploading and all those sort of pieces were all just more time dedicated to it than, than I was wanting to spend at that point in time and the time that I had available. Uh, so then I went from, okay, this isn't the right fit for me right now. And we'd always love podcasts and check them out and like, oh, what if we do this? And it took us a while until we actually figured it out how to make it quicker and easier. And now it's fairly well dialed. We're going to probably upgrade it and do video stuff like we're doing here. And that's a conversation that we've had a lot, but it kind of got multiple streams for us. Of We had content generation there, but we also had uh, having deep conversations like this with clients, which works as a form of testimonial in, in a lot of ways and actually gets gets our clients to be spotlighted both within the actual business so that the other guys that, that have seen them around actually get to know a little bit more deeper behind them rather than it's just being like everyone's jumped off the air bike. I was like, ah, hey, what's your name? Uh, Jake, yeah, nice to meet you. I'm struggling right now, but we'll talk soon. Like, mm. So it actually gave them a bit of depth and then like a lot of our clients were coming back and being like, oh, I didn't know, like, I didn't know that about that person. That was really amazing. They've done so well to be to have come from where they are to that point right now it's like yeah they've been doing really awesome mm. and then that started to help foster bigger connections between the clients uh which that built a better culture in the gym and all those pieces started to filter in better just from getting clients on the podcast every now and then but it still gave us the content already mm. and it still gave us like so much extra value outside of that and then we went to the the extension of that and i always wanted to get opportunities to meet other people who are in the industry that uh, are doing cool things that we like. And then from that point there, I was like, oh, well, let's just start inviting people on the podcast. Like you've been a guest on ours uh, before you did the breathing workshop here basically a year ago now. I think that's yeah, be getting close. Been a little, uh, yeah, it would be, yeah. So uh, like so getting people like yourself on, Rod and Jenny were on, on an episode. And then more recently, some guys like Duncan and uh, Ellen, quite a few people that, that I've had in – I've seen around some of the guys that I'd actually met before a few times and some of them I hadn't actually uh, met, but I'd just been engaging with them on social media. And I was like, oh, let's just meet this person and mm. uh, get around it. And it's, it's beneficial for like our clients get to see awesome stuff that other people are doing around. Like our most popular episode right now is Ellen from Lotus Health Co talking about flexible dieting, which is funnily enough, like a concept that we talk about a lot with our clients already. But then when they listen to it from somebody else, they're like, oh, it really makes sense. Uh, and sometimes that's all you need. So it gave, it's given us an opportunity to network with other people, which they've helped build our reputation and, and build up things here. But then they've also added value to our clients, added value to just the general content. Like there's been so many other things that have come off the back end of just having the podcast is where I do devote my time on that. And yeah. we've got more things that are going to come off the back end of it. Like we want to actually repurpose that content a lot more, which is part of the way that we're moving with getting our team involved in doing a lot of that side of stuff for us. Uh, but it's, it's all come off the back end of just choosing the one that was the right fit for us. Yeah. 
Yeah, so effectively what I'm picking up there is if you're thinking about starting it and it's a, it, it truly is a time constraint, then look at the one that's most powerful for that. So through podcast or video podcast, you're able to get, you know, inside connection within the business, which also works as, in a way, retention, testimonial, client story, which is awesome. Outside connection through getting you basically, you know, outside of the building, talking yeah. to other people, which I think is really cool. If, if you're starting, I think that's a no-brainer because you effectively could be creating a platform to talk to your own mentors yeah. as you learned. You know, you could be starting up when you went to Cert 3 the first day, create the platform so you're not actually the expert, but bring the expert in. And then all of a sudden you get to sit with these people and create some kind of a cool connection as well. Yeah, for sure. There was a guy, uh, I think it was called the Fitcast, uh, but the guy literally started it when he was like doing his certifications, but then would just, he was very early on to the days of podcasts and he'd started with just like people that were around him. And then all of a sudden he had like the leading experts in the world on the podcast and he just, that's how he, but he made a name for himself because he was just spending time with all these cool people. Mm. And then he's got I don't know where it's at now, but at the time he was like basically just doing a little bit of coaching and then the podcast. Mm. And that was his whole, uh, his whole career at that point. And that was that he'd have guys like John Barati and Alan Cosgrove and all these guys that were leaders in, in their space in the strength conditioning and the fitness industry over in the States that he was just contacting those guys and talking with them every week. Yeah. Uh, and I think you, by this, the speed at which you accelerate your learning from that is huge yeah yeah i think the the final thing that comes to mind for me is if you if there's something that is getting the way of doing it you need to figure that out yeah. because the, whether you talk about podcast blogging whatever what we're really talking about here is connection and communicating and you could also call it marketing but basically that communication piece has you like you you guys are busy but it has to exist. Yeah. It has to, because it's not just for today. It's part of, you know, and I spoke to Johan on a previous episode. It's part of brand. It's part of your whole message, part of who you are. Um, and as that organization grows, like that inside outside communication remains as critical as it was on day one when it was just one of you, you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, for sure. There's, uh, there's definitely a lot of upsides to it. And the only downside is that you have to commit to it. Yeah. Uh, which is sort of the scariest part. And I think a lot of the time that's the thing with some of the pieces that are like a little bit higher, higher value, like podcasting is like, yes, like you can do really, really basic level stuff with it and just get your iPhone out and do it. But if you want to do it well, you have to invest a, a few dollars into it. Like I think mine's not to the point of the, the extent that what you've got, but I still spent, I think $500 on setting it up. So it was mm. going to do, uh, going to get decent quality microphones and i think i did one episode that uh, or two episodes that were on one microphone between two people and it wasn't picking up sound very well so that i spent probably an hour editing like a 10 minute episode which was i was like i can't keep on doing this mm -hmm. so i went out and bought a mixer and an extra mic because i was like well the the episodes got received really really well because everyone loved having the guests on that were the clients and that started doing so much good in here but, but i was like oh no well, what how do I make this work repeatedly? I can't be spending an hour on a 10 minute episode yeah. uh, with that. So it was like, all right, well, if I just invest a little bit of time, a little bit of money and a little, and work out how to use this equipment in, in a bigger sense, then it'll pay off. And 
uh, I think sometimes you've just got to get those same as like coming into the doing the work concept is you've just got to get those excuses out of the way and find out how to make them work a little bit easier so you can just take action. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I, one of the, I remember coming back from New Zealand, I was in transit and I recorded one on the, with the phone sitting on the, uh, like on the, I was waiting, you know, for the flight to go to the gate or whatever and the phone sitting there, I was looking out at the plane and recorded one and it did well. You know, some of my best ones, one I did early on, um, you know, some of the best ones were when the actual mic, I forgot to plug it into the computer and the backup phone recording picked it up. Yeah, right. And I go and I try to like dial the audio a little bit, but chuck it up, but it was like, it's, it's still one of the top listens, you know, so I think... Like I agree for sure. And I, you know, personally, I love a little bit of the camera and the thing. I love a little bit of tech stuff. I think yeah. it's fun and it's not that expensive, but I think at the same time, like, you know, if your back's against a wall, you can get something up as well. Yeah, for sure. Like doing something's always better than doing nothing. And I, I think sometimes it also works with the, the financial investment makes you commit to doing it. Does. it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's pro- probably part of the thing that helped me. It was like, all right, well, I'll go and drop this money on it now. But it's like, well, if I'm going to spend this money, I better actually get the use out of it uh, yeah. rather than say buying yourself. Like if you bought 10 grand worth of cameras and podcasting equipment, you're not going to let it sit and get dust on it. You're going to be ringing up people every week to get them on the podcast. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, man, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. Anything else you want to talk through? No, I'm, I'm pretty happy if there's anything else that you want. Like I can cruise for as long as you want, but uh, I think we covered the big piece. I wanted to really, something I'm really excited about in a good way is just trying to trying to talk more about this, um, this work, do the work from a really healthy way. You know, like I talked to Vic about, I talked to a lot of people in APA about it and there's, there's, there's a stigma, you know, but it's also coupled with happiness and doing the thing you love and still being there for the people who are close to you and the people who care about you. And a lot of times I think this doing the work piece can actually be quite liberating. You know what I mean? It's kind of counterintuitive. Um, well, I think it's, it's nearly frowned upon now. Like it's, that's yeah, it's a, kind of, yeah. and it's kind of the same way of like, we do that in everything in Australia. It seems like any time that somebody starts to take a step up and do it, it's like you want to pull like people want to pull them back down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, that's a pretty sad sort of way of the way that we get taught to do that. Not that I think it's like, inherently like taught straight up but it's just the way that the culture works that everyone just gets used to it but uh i think that's a it's a big thing it's like oh like don't don't work too hard you'll burn out but so why would you even say that why is that necessary Mm. like hey just be careful like just do what's right for you yeah do what you do you want but just make sure you still look after yourself man yeah uh and i think that's probably the biggest thing is like the people who are telling you to watch out for burning out often aren't the ones who are been through that point themselves it's the one that's the people who are scared of doing it well correct that's the thing there's and and of course i'm not downplaying burnout because i've been there too but sometimes it's the perception of that it might be coming or that you're you know that you're overstepping the line that it can be uh there can be a fear piece that plays into the cycle that can create that new reality as well you know, whereas sometimes when you stumble onto this thing that you're really passionate about, you can triple down on your work output and just feel better and better. And of course, there's a line that you can, you know, cross there. But yeah, it's an interesting conversation. I think I just, I'm just keen to have it more frequently 
and talk to more people about it because at the end of the day, for a lot of people, if this thing that they love, they want to create a business, there is, a, there is no escaping that there's a lot of work. Oh, and sure. so it's how do we frame that up in a really cool way that we're pumped about um, because then we get to spark creativity, innovation, cool culture. We get to spark all the stuff that's really awesome. Yeah, and it's like having like, I guess, the, the heroes around it are like the different piece that you you look at it. Like I, I remember when I used to watch uh, footy, like I wasn't the, big, the biggest fan of like the guys who were doing like scoring the tries or like setting up the tries, like your halfbacks and that sort of thing. And even it's like what they do is like a hugely necessary part of the game. But the guys that I always looked up to were like the Ben Kennedys, the Steve Menzies, the guys that were making 40 tackles in a game and like they were everywhere. Mm. And like, I don't know what started that, but that like, I think part of it was that was the positions that I played were in, in those sort of roles. And it was like, okay, well that's like, uh, I want to be the workhorse guy. And that's how like everything uh, goes out on the field. And that's, those are the people that I looked up to. And then going into that more career focus, it was, it wasn't the person who was like, had, like it was the guys that were working hard all the time and, and putting out so much content, coaching so many hours and that sort of stuff that I was like, those are the guys that I want to be like. And mm. I think very much it's like the, who your heroes are in that sort of sense will dictate the way that you want to approach things. And I think that, as you said, it's like part of presenting it in a way that's uh, attainable and also like something that people want. Yeah, healthy. Um, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, no. It's, I, I guess I, I look at like I always get hit up now as like people see with videos of me lifting stones and like I always get freaked out that you're going to hurt yourself doing that it's like well one if I got hurt if I hurt myself I wouldn't post it like I probably would for entertainment value but like um, two like that's you've got to take that risk in that like lifting stones they're, they're, they get scary like the, the one that I lifted on whatever day Thursday Friday this week was it was big, like, and it's like, it's what probably, was that, 100? Uh, 140. Uh, First time at that height, wasn't nah, it? At that height, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but those things, like, they're, they're big, they're, they're scary. There is definitely a bit of risk to it, but it, it comes with, like, the commitment to doing it. And, but then I look at it as, like, I'm like, that's not that impressive. I want to see, like, I've seen the guys that are doing that weight for, like, 10 reps. Mm. Uh, but it's all to do, like, people are pretty quick to, like, pull down things that, like, oh, like, that, I would hurt myself doing that, so you should watch out doing that. But yeah, but I practice that, so I'm, yeah. I'm not going to do that. Uh, if you're practicing putting in the work and you're taking the little steps and progressing your way forward, like you can't go from doing a 10-hour week to a 40 uh, or to an 80-hour week and expect yourself to bounce back from it. But if you're only adding a little bit of load each time and, and you're just getting better at putting in a little bit more work and you stay still focused on doing it in a way that's productive to you, uh, still having your family life, still having the things that you love outside of work, there's no problem. Yeah, I love that. It ties into, I kind of talk to people about it being a nervous system piece, just like training. So you need to train your nervous system to do, whether it's content or speaking or whatever it is you're trying to do, because at that deeper level, it's being perceived as a, a threat or a stressor the first few times. It's like freaking out, like, well, I got to do a podcast. Like, you know, that's heavy. Yeah. But then through practice, it's like adaptation, just like any other stressor. And now, like just with the stones, you've got the resilience to pick up, you know, the 100 kilo stone all day long. You know what I mean? Whereas back in the day, that one's going to be the one that pushes you to the edge as well. Yeah, for sure. And that's exactly what you said there. It's like you have to just build up that tolerance, like with it, like 
being in front of the camera. Like I, I remember the first time that we, Nathan and I filmed a podcast, it was like the scariest thing ever. We had to do this, the startup of the episode, I think 10 times before we actually got it. This is, I think, well, today's been one tape. We just sat down, we started talking. It's, yeah. it's no big deal. Uh, and I think that's the stuff that just comes with it. Like now we've both been through recording podcasts that many times. It's like, okay, we just sit down, we have a chat and then wherever it goes, it goes. Yeah. Uh, and there's not a lot of, uh, not a lot of nerves around it. It's just like, okay. it's fast. Yeah. That's the thing too. Now the speed goes up because that tin cuts that you had before didn't have to happen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, let's call it there just for time. I'm off to Sydney today. Uh, I know you've got stuff to do. You're going to hang with Jess. Thanks for joining uh, us today. So if you're listening, you can check out New Strength, probably what uh, website or Instagram? Yeah, uh, newstrength.com.au or on Instagram, it's newstrengthhq. Uh, and then me personally, just at Jacob Hodson on most things, I think. Yeah, um, jump onto their podcasts, um, some cool mindset stuff as well. And that's it for today. So thank you for watching or listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Thanks, Thanks man. Done. Sweet. Just had it. That's it for today's episode of the Access Potential Podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please feel free to send along to a friend or subscribe. Those are the two most helpful things you can do. Of course, if you have any questions on this episode, send them along, john at johntmarsh.com, and I'll get to those on the next episode. Thanks for listening. See you on the next one.